this week on The Startup Life. Professionalism can't be at the expense of just making people feel comfortable. Okay. Sometimes you're gonna have to feel uncomfortable. You're gonna have to ask, you're gonna have to write up contracts. I don't know how many people actually write up contracts and mm -hmm. sign them. It just seems like it's kind of an afterthought. All right, Startup Nation, so let's take flight with Manira Sophia Jones, creator of Juntland, The Startup Life, begins now. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. Hey Startup Nation, do you enjoy the startup life? Now you can let the world know with gear from the show. Choose from the label yourself, make your own look, and making money t-shirts to tell your story of your path of entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. We got a superstar in the building today. We have Manira Safira. <laughs> I messed it up already. Manira Jones. Keep that in there. I'm gonna try my best. I'm gonna try my best. How are you doing, uh, ma'am? I'm great as I empty um, packets of sweet and low um, <laughs> in my Dunkachino. I, I, didn't, I didn't know that was a real thing. I didn't know that was a thing either. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome stuff. <laughs> awesome stuff. So this is the Startup Life Podcast brought to you by the Binge Podcast Network. Are you ready to pour some knowledge in the Startup Nation today? Sure. Let's do it. So first things first, thing, ma'am, uh, what's your story or your path? And tell us a little bit about Juntland. All right, the story of my so you want like an origin story? I like, do want like, an origin like story because you're a superhero, right? Yeah. So yeah. So just like Wolverine, I was born in Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. <laughs> in the winter of 1984. Gotcha. No. Um, well, that that is true though. I was born in the winter of 1984. Shout okay. out to my Aquarians, February. I hear that. Um, grew up in a large family. Uh, mm. Mother was an actress, an artist. Father was. A factory worker, they're still together. I'm not talking about them like they're in past awesome tense. Stuff. Awesome stuff. They're still around. Um, grew up very much in the arts, developed a love for writing and filmmaking. Was never really consistent with it. Okay. Um, would just do things here and there poetry, uh, music videos, short stories, short films. Mm -hmm. um, actually put on events with my sisters where we would have like a hybrid of. Uh, short film screenings and fashion shows and then live music shows. Okay. And we kind of did that on and off. And I, right now I work for a pension company where I create content, mm -hmm. where I create videos, uh, helping clients to understand pretty dense subjects and pretty uninteresting subjects, Fair mainly enough. about finances mm -hmm. and just a different... Uh, corners of health that we have right here psychological, vocational, financial, gotcha. uh, so on and so forth. For so sure. I make videos, mainly uh, animated videos, so that okay. I can make the, the content more engaging. Mm -hmm. um, in the midst of just my professional work, which is very corporate, I wasn't doing a lot of things. I wasn't doing a lot of personal uh, projects. I okay. wasn't doing a lot of projects to fulfill myself creatively. 
Um, so I decided uh, in 2017 that I would start back just creating content and putting it out there for the world to see. Okay. And if I didn't get any views, whatever, at least I was doing something again because I, there had been maybe a lapse of seven or eight years where I did nothing. Okay. No kind of creative endeavor. Mm -hmm. So I created this series called uh, Interrupted where um, I just had, I just did videos. It was a visual series. There was no dialogue. I just had simple concepts, whether it was about, you know, how women are interrupted in their lives, in their daily lives from, you know, guys that they wouldn't necessarily want to be hearing from or mm -hmm. whether it was some kind of race, race, ra racist stuff or mm -hmm. whatever. So I just, I did that concept. Um, people enjoyed it. Maybe seven or eight months went by where I didn't do anything again. Okay. And at any given point, I have a plethora of ideas just floating around in my head and mm -hmm. literally that I've written down in my notes, in my phone or just wherever. Right. So I just grabbed a concept that I had written. Um, and I hadn't even written a whole script, really. I just wrote down some some feelings that I had. And at the time, these were feelings that I was having about dating. Um, specifically, <laughs> dating and texting culture. Okay. Um, which is just horrible. And if you've been married forever or, or in a relationship or whatever, you probably don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Right. We're going to get to lucky. that a little bit yeah. for sure. But go ahead. Go ahead. You're lucky. So I was just, I was fed up with the way that guys were communicating mm -hmm. through text and thinking that like minimum effort was going to yield these maximum results. Absolutely. Um, so I had a concept to do a video. It was originally going to be a live action video. Okay. But I said, let me just see what it looks like as an animation. So I started on it Friday evening and I started off doing the voices. I didn't, I did, I didn't plan on keeping the voices in there that I did, mm -hmm. but I just kept going with it. So I finished it on a Sunday. I actually showed it. The first person I showed it to was my ex. Okay. <laughs> and I bet that was an experience. Yeah, this is the same ex that I did the podcast with. <laughs> okay. Um, and I was just noticing his reaction. Like he was really, 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 really in his feelings. No, he wasn't in his feelings. Okay. In his feelings, he was highly entertained by it. Okay. <laughs> Okay. For lack of a better phrase, okay. he watched it over and over, and he like took my phone, went and laid out on the couch, and was <laughs> laughing uproariously at it. And I was like, what in the world? As if I wasn't the person who created it, and it wasn't my voice itself. I was like, okay, maybe, maybe it is funny. Because mm -hmm. I thought it was unfinished, but the next day was a Monday. I posted it while I was at work, literally sitting on the toilet. Gotcha. Posted it. <laughs> And it immediately went viral, and it was just a testament to just how horrible the dating culture is mm. right now with social media and texting and everything is so impersonal. And um, it seemed like a really simple concept, but a lot of people find, found it highly triggering. All right. For whatever right. reason. For sure, for sure. For a multitude of reasons. For sure, so. for sure. I know I found it hilarious. <laughs> I found it hilarious. I thought it was really funny. And so you mentioned that, you know, you posted it, you know, you uh, created, finished it on a Sunday, and then you posted it or mm -hmm. whatever, right? Yeah. So I was going to ask you this later, but since we're already here, 
What did you expect when you did post it? Like, you thought maybe a few people were just going to like yeah. it? or okay. I thought it was going to be just my, um, my circle of friends who mm-hmm. would share it. Maybe it would get... Because the last video I had posted, it had gotten like maybe 10,000 views. Okay. I thought it would oh, get the just, same. Just, just 10,000 views. Yeah. Okay, I mean, fair now, enough. I mean, okay. right now, 10,000 doesn't seem... <laughs> well, okay, yeah, whatever. Sure. Whatever. Gotcha. Um, I thought it would get about the same, maybe a little bit more or less. I okay. didn't know if people would find a cartoon, you know, engaging. And again, I posted it like 8.30 on a Monday. I didn't know if anybody would be just checking mm-hmm. for a cartoon like that. But... <laughs> One of the first comments that I remember seeing, because I literally posted it and I put my phone down and I went to work. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I maybe checked it, I don't know, like 30 minutes later. And it hadn't like completely just went crazy, but I could see that it was picking up, you know, a little bit of steam. And one of the first videos I saw was like, this is about to go viral, get ready. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay. And then I really did put my phone down to go to work. And then all hell broke loose. So I know I had... No idea that that would happen, and I'm still dealing with all of that now. Like, right. Yeah. Right. And Startup Nation, just to give you some context, because she's being a little, a little modest right Ooh. now. Um, so, in 24 hours, that video went, I think, like a million views, and as of right now, it st- sits at 3.2 million views, which is amazing. And that's right. just on Facebook, because right. I didn't even have a chance to post it on Twitter or Instagram and mm-hmm. it went kind of crazy on Twitter. I, I know it's millions of views on there too, but mm-hmm. I kind of had to go back and and, wow. do, and post it myself. It was, it was pointless at that, at, that, gotcha. at that point. So at this point with, you know, with so many views and so many hits and this, that, and the other, now how do you feel about it? Are you still, you know, happy about the work? Is it still crazy to think about to have all that, you know, positive reception? What do you think about it now? Um, I, I'm I'm proud of the work. I'm okay. proud of that video. Okay. Um, I'm happy with the way it was received, whether mm-hmm. it was received uh, in love or not, because it got a conversation started. For sure. Te- like I said, texting is, if not like the number one like way that people communicate now, mm-hmm. it's it's fighting for number one. For sure. I don't know that many people. Now, when you get a phone call, if your phone rings, you're wondering what the hell is wrong. <laughs> right, like, right. A text is just, you know, it's what we're used to right now. Mm-hmm. So, relationships start through text. They damn sure and through text, too. So, it got a conversation started about how we need to be more responsible uh, with the way that we're trying to um, learn about each other. Right. Like, you know, be, be careful. And a lot of people took it literally. Okay. It was supposed to be... An example of texting, mm-hmm. but people thought that it was like a literal conversation that maybe some men do talk like that in person. Gotcha. I'm sure they do. Gotcha. But. So, you know, since we're there, you, you did ruffle quite a few feathers with men about that video. Some men. Some men. Yeah. Okay. okay. Other ones found it really funny. Gotcha. I know I did. <laughs> I know I did for sure. For sure. So, you know, when you, when you see that and you hear some men say, hey, how come you don't make videos for guys? What do you say to that? Women. Oh, God. Okay. Uh-oh, she's How coming do I out say the, this? She's coming out the cold. No, it's going to get real now. I'm drinking this coffee. I'm drinking this coffee. <laughs> it was freezing here. Now gotcha. warm. Um, there has been no shortage of what, of women being told what we do wrong. For sure. Forever. Since the beginning. From, through advertisements, through just hearing it from your man himself. Like, mm-hmm. we're constantly bombarded with what we're doing wrong and what we need to do better. I mean, you got wrinkles. Get some Botox. You got stretch marks. 
go get that, you know, right. taken care of or whatever. For sure. So we're constantly being told how we need to do things better and what we're doing wrong. But for whatever reason, once we offer up that same criticism towards men, it's not received the same way. And gotcha. I wonder why. And it's not me saying that all men are behaving this way, but it's it's enough men to where it, it went re- it, regi- it yeah, resonated for to sure. where it, it reached a million views in twenty four hours. Right. Um, so obviously there are some common experiences among women with this behavior from men. And the men who don't like the fact that I have illustrated it, I mean hit dogs. <laughs> gotcha. Hit dogs. Gotcha. And the men who don't display that type of behavior, they found it just as hilarious because they don't do that. Right. But they they damn sure have some homeboys that they know. For sure. Do it. So for sure. For sure. I don't I don't really care. Fair enough. What those Fair guys enough. Said. And I appreciate that honestly for sure. Yeah. So let's go back just a little bit. Why is it called Juntland? And explain from there's many in Startup Nation who are not from Memphis, mm-hmm. right? So explain, you know, why you call it Juntland and explain what a Junt is. Okay. Well, it's a noun. Junt is a noun. Uh, it is a word that was born in Memphis, as far as I know. Like, yeah, I haven't enough. heard. Yeah, I haven't heard it anywhere else. Um, it's a noun. Person, place, and thing. It could really mean anything. A, a Junt could be. An object, it could be a place, Mm -hmm. but as it relates to people, junt is usually uh, used to refer to someone that you find attractive, uh, someone that you're in a sexual relationship with or would like to be in a sexual relationship with, and it can can even mean your lover or your spouse. Like, it just, you have to use it responsibly. For sure. For sure. Um, But I use it in all those ways. I use it, I've used it to describe lovers, I've used it to describe... Men that I've been in relationships with, uh, a biscuit is a giant, a diamond ring is a giant, mm-hmm. anything is a giant. Gotcha. I called my platform Juntland because um, I use it in the sense of how society typically views women, which mm-hmm. is um, to be objectified, to be sure. sexualized, um, to be viewed in this very particular way. So... Juntland is just my platform in which I explore just the various issues that women have to deal with while being viewed as junts in the greater society. So right, right. That's really where it came from. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. And Startup Nation, the name of that video is Dating in 2018, How Men Communicate. And you can see that on Facebook on Juntland, or you can also see that on YouTube as well. Am I missing anything? Or can you see it anywhere else? Um, it's on Instagram. Too, on Instagram, but, yeah. okay. And so Startup Nation, if you look in the show notes, you'll see all of those links to see those videos for easy access as well. So speaking of that, when you do do your cartoons, how do you come up with like the voices and characters? Are they inspired by like, you know, not just past relationships, but like maybe your brother or like <laughs> friends or Yeah. Okay. Um so the first cartoon that I did, the guy's voice, I modeled it after my brother. Okay. That's that's kind of his cadence a little bit. Okay. <laughs> he's he does he's an intelligent guy. For sure, for sure. But he does talk very slowly and it is that southern drawl. So I just kind of modeled it after that. My voice is already pretty much deep. Mm-hmm. Um, so all I had to do was go down a, a, an octave. And I try to, a lot of the times when I receive texts from, or when I have received texts from guys that I was dating, I would read it in that voice because some of the things that I would get were so absurd. Okay. And uh, just not well thought out and just ridiculous. 
that that's how it sounded to me in my head. So gotcha. the way that he sounds is a mixture of my brother and just how I think some of these things would sound if if these texts had a sound or a voice. Gotcha. That's what it would sound like. Okay, so. Fair enough. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. So, you know, I want to ask you about, you know, another video, My Data, Your Data. Right. And so which I, I, I thought was not only awesome, but kind of introspective a mm-hmm. little bit. Right. Yeah. So tell me the inspiration behind that. It's just about how hypocritical. Actually, it started with me. Like, OK. I remember. Um, so that now we have this Facebook memory thing. So mm-hmm. you get these notifications <laughs> and you click on it and you go and see what you were doing and saying seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's just. A mirror that it's held up to you of how hypocritical one could be. For sure. Um, And so I got an idea about (laughs) um, if we were faced with all of the things that we have said and done in the past on social media and how we've tried to distance ourselves from that now, like what would that look like? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I've said so many things. In the past. And mm-hmm. I've turned around seven, eight years later and criticized other people for doing the exact same thing. Gotcha. I have participated in activity on social media that I get upset with other people for doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just wanted to um, kind of take a dive into that in a comedic, satirical way. Um, I, a lot of people said it should have been on Black Mirror because it was <laughs> it was speaking some truth. Right, out there, right. But it was just holding up up a mirror to the things that we do on social media, um, ethical or, or otherwise. Got you. The, the reason I wanted to ask you about the video because I think some of the best content creators, you know, are ones who are able to have those introspective moments and also kind of not be afraid to poke fun at themselves, mm-hmm. right? So when I think about back in the day, like Lucille Ball, or now we think about like uh, Tina Fey or Issa Rae mm-hmm. or whatever, right? You know, so. With that being said, who are some of the content creators that inspire you? Um, Issa is definitely one. For sure. Um, I I love um, Broad City. Okay, yeah. Comedy Central. Yeah. Um, I think that's some some of the best writing and, and acting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not all just comedy. Like For sure. I, I, I love uh, Ava. Mm-hmm. I love... Um, it's some guys, too. Of course, Spike... Spike, I kind of have a love hate relationship. Yeah, okay. it's, it's it's weird the journey that okay. we have taken, but mm-hmm. he's still there for me. As far as like, do you watch Steven Universe? I've heard of. I've never okay. seen it. I've never seen that's it. That's one. That's another show that in the writing that inspires me. Okay. Um, and then just like some a, a few writers out there. Like, have you? Do you watch New Girl? Yes. Or have watched? Yes. Yes. New Girl. Yes. If I could have been in the writers' room on that show, I felt like that would have been like my dream job. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. And I know I'm missing people, but if, if as they pop up in my head, I'll just randomly say. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Lastly, I want to ask you about one last video, and it's probably my favorite. And it's it's Fuckboy Defense One Hundred and One. <laughs> that that one was just absolutely hilarious mm-hmm. uh and so uh tell me a little bit about how that came together but also tell me how do you come up with like your cast like are they friends are they up-and-coming artists here in the city uh, are, are the people they owe you a favor like <laughs> you know just tell me about that are there auditions if you will so just tell me a little bit about okay. that well i came up with the concept because uh, my inbox has kind of become uh the therapist's office for okay. a lot of women and 
I get a lot of questions about how they should navigate different uh, relationship obstacles. Mm-hmm. A lot of the questions that I get, personally, I consider to be pretty cut and dried, simple questions and mm-hmm. answers. But it, it never seems to be that way for the women. Okay. Um, so I was, I was like, if I could just create a, a, a class, some kind of class that they could take to recognize uh, warning signs and just different techniques that they could implement <laughs> to protect themselves. Right, right. Then, you know, I wish that this could be a thing. So I got the idea to do the video. Um, the the lead, her name is Bianca McMillan. She's a, a comedian here in Memphis, from Memphis. She has a huge platform. She has maybe, I don't know, she probably has 300,000 followers right now. She, wow. She's worldwide. Like gotcha. She has fans worldwide. Big time. So I approached her about being uh, the instructor. She said, absolutely, yes. I made a post in Memphis um, just asking people if they wanted to be a part of you know, videos, a okay. lot of people responded. And from there, I picked, you know, the different students that were in the video. And then some of them are like my sister and some of them are friends. So gotcha. it's it's a mixture. Um, what was the other? There was another part of the question. That uh, I, remember. I guess like, did you did you make them audition or anything like that? Or they were just no. kind of like... No, I just, in. I wrote the script mm-hmm. and I assigned dialogue to different people and gotcha. and they did it. Okay. And that was cool. it. Cool deal. Cool yeah. deal. And Startup Nation, you can see all three of those videos we just discussed in more on, once again, Manira's, uh, you know social media pages, YouTube, mm-hmm. Facebook, uh, Instagram. And like I said, once again, the links are there in the show notes for easy access. So, Manira, let me ask you this because, you know, there's a lot of people that love your content. And, and we discussed earlier, there's some people who, who don't. Yeah. Right? So, you're going to get the occasional negative comment. So tell us about the time, tell us about the first time you saw the first negative comment on some of your content. How did that make you feel? You can even share what it said. Just tell us about that. I don't know if I remember specifically the comment or phrase that was made. Okay. Um, I do remember the feeling of being disappointed Mm -hmm. um, that they didn't get it. And for whatever reason, the negative comments are the loudest to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe not just to me, maybe to people in general. Right. Um, because there's certainly way more positive comments than negative ones. For sure. But for sure. I tend to gravitate towards the negative ones because I, I don't know if it's a, if it's part ego, uh, part uh, just warrior woman in me that wants to attack mm-hmm. the negativity. Um, but I do remember one guy, he made a negative comment about me personally it was something like, um, no wonder you're so angry at men. You look Ooh. like, uh, what do you say? What's his name? What's uh, Wesley Snipes? <laughs> and, okay. I was like, and I took a screenshot <laughs> and I sent it to a couple of my junts. And gotcha. I was like, is this? I was like, what? what? Right. And they were like, what? the? And they said, the guys that I sent it to, they wanted the guy's uh, username. <laughs> Oh, okay. And I was like, no, we're not going to take it that far. But it's just stuff like that Mm -hmm. attacking you personally because, again, hit dogs. Right. Um, But I've learned through through the past several months not to respond to the negative comments. Um, It's even made me not want to read comments at all, really. And I, this year, I made it a point to. 
try to start back reading them more because I do want to interact with my followers because mm-hmm. I appreciate them. Mm-hmm. Like they're the reason why some of these other opportunities are sprouting up for me now because for sure. you know, followers are telling other people and then they send me all kinds of messages. Like I've gotten messages today of people just discovering what I do and just mm-hmm. sending me like the, the sweetest things. So um, I try not to focus on the negative stuff too much, but I did, I got, I went on YouTube today. Okay. And cause I try to check like, you know, every few weeks or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I got a message. Well, somebody left a comment on the dating in 2018 video. Okay. It was a guy. And this is what he said. Okay. The problem is females try to understand people people from what they say and their words. We as men are smart enough to realize that anyone can say anything and absolutely not mean it. That's why we try to judge people based off of their actions and not what they say. The last thing I want to do is explain my life history to some female who has no understanding what it's like to be a man. You know what? Before you say anything else, let me ask you really quickly. When somebody says female, is there a negative connotation that you feel? Or... Yes. Okay. Because in the in the same... Because, I mean, you are a female, yes. A female but, human. Right. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the same breath, right. you say man. You don't say male. Fair so enough. you call me a female, but then you call yourself a man. That's... Mm-hmm. It's not the same thing. It's, it's a weird juxtaposition for sure. Yeah, and it's <laughs> for me, it feels like just a safer way of saying bitch or some other. It does. It, 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 it's almost like people who don't look like us who use certain words and phrases to not necessarily. Thug. Right, exactly. Yeah. For sure. For um, sure. Thank you for pointing that out. And so I've had to teach grown men, you know, the difference between calling women women and females. And a lot of them aren't intrinsically or don't want to be intrinsically misogynistic or sexist or any of those things. It's just the way that they were raised. Like they were right. raised not by a father. Maybe they had uncles around and their uncles were just calling women females. And gotcha. that's what they called women. So I've had plenty of conversations with men about it. And a lot of them, well, I would say all of them, like changed and hmm. learned from it. And it's just about having the conversation but it's about having the energy to have the conversation. For sure. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. So, you know, when I, you know, did some research on you and I, I look at your content on social media and I look at your your uh, your, your uh, content on Juntland and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I noticed that, like, Manira is not one to pull punches. No. And so I'm curious where that comes from. Does that come from, like, your hardworking parents? Does that come from... Being one of you know ten siblings, to where you kind of have to be competitive yeah. already in the household. Is that where it comes from? Tell me a little bit about that. I don't know. Um, I I think it may be a mixture of all those things. Okay. Maybe it's because I'm an Aquarius. I don't know. Okay. Um, I just don't have the fear that a lot of people have for whatever reason. Okay. I'm not married to uh, confusion because mm-hmm. I would say a lot of people temper their words because. Uh, they might be afraid of how it affects their their money or okay. social cachet or any of those things. I don't have those concerns um, because uh, I'm not in business with other. And I'm sole proprietor of my own stuff. I'm For sure, kind of my own one woman show over here. So I don't have. Um, I really don't have anything to lose. I only have things to gain by 
having my own voice mm-hmm. and putting it out there. And if people relate, they do. If they don't, they don't. Gotcha. I, I just don't get the fear. I don't understand the fear of not speaking your mind. So I, I guess I, I just don't have that filter. I don't know where it comes from. Understood. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. You, you mentioned something real quick, and I want to ask a quick follow-up. Because you said that, you know, you're the sole proprietor and you own your own content. Why is that important to you? Um, because I've seen you, I've seen articles that feature you and stuff like that. And you talk about that. That seems quite pretty important to you. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's important that what's being put out there is what I 100% created. Because I don't want, because this could change. And okay. more than likely it will change. Okay. Um, but I think when... Too many people have their hands in your vision or in your voice. Uh, it just becomes something different. And it becomes diluted and or diluted, whichever way you say it. Gotcha. Um, and I always want to be authentic in everything. Whether it's what I'm writing, what I'm uh, producing with videos, whether I'm having a conversation with a girlfriend or a boyfriend or my mother or father. Like, I want... I want you to know 100% that it's me because a lot of the times, too many times, um, people aren't being truthful. Okay. And maybe it is because of some of those reasons that I listed before, money or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just don't want to add to that. Gotcha. Um, Yeah, it's, it's enough fakeness. Fair enough. Out there. And I just, I don't... No need for you to add to it, huh? Yeah, it's more work to me to be fake than to just... Be real. Like, you got to put up all these pretenses and remember, like, (laughs) the lies that you tell. I just don't have... (laughs) And I'm largely a lazy person. And I just don't feel like putting in the effort to be something else. I would just rather you know what it is. Got you. That's what it is. Fair enough. Fair enough. Thank you for sharing it. Startup Nation, when I hear that answer, I, I hear that, you know, something that we all should share. Like, you know, really just be yourself. Be your honest and unapologetic self. And it's easier self. said than done. That's true. That is true. Because there is a lot at stake if you're just being yourself. Mm-hmm. And we do say be yourself. And then when people try to be themselves, what happens? Rubs people the wrong yeah. way. It sometimes affects people's bottom line. They checkbook, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So and, you, and a lot of times we do have this call-out culture where... They want people to apologize for being themselves. And they want to fire people for being themselves. And um, I don't know. It's just, it's muddy waters, which is why I don't, I want to start off this way. Because I want people to know this is the way I want to do things. And I don't want to get sucked into uh, a culture that's not authentic. Understood. Understood. Last question before we go to break. So I know you recently went to Paris and a lot of people who, you know, go to Paris, you know, they're creatives and they go there to get inspired and stuff like that. Did you get inspired? But also seemed like you, you took a little bit of the culture, which is <laughs> the Paris as well. So uh, t- tell us if you got some inspired and tell us, you know, you uh, tell us the story about you taking a little bit of the culture with you to Paris. Well, the, the, the trip was planned way before I went viral okay so, okay uh and i really just got sucked into the trip because i wanted to go somewhere else like somewhere tropical with a bunch of black people okay but, i mean i enjoyed the trip um it largely reminded me of just like a mixture of new york and well the parts that we went anyway which were the mm-hmm. heavily touristy parts for sure it reminded me of of course new orleans which is just a replica of paris mm-hmm. and new york so it was just like a perfect mixture i'd be walking down the street and it would 
feel like I was in New York and I'd turn the corner, it would feel like I was in Harlem. I would turn another corner, it would feel like I was in the French Quarter. The only difference is that, you know, the language was different. Right. And the smells were, were uh, <laughs> they were interesting. They were interesting, yeah. Um, was My, I inspired? I, I wouldn't say that I was inspired, per se. Okay. To, to, and I don't, I guess I should feel some type of way about that, but I wasn't <laughs> gotcha. really inspired. I'm really inspired when I'm here in Memphis. Fair just enough. Just listening to people. And their experiences. And yes, I did. I twerked um, <laughs> there because I feel like that's important in my travels. Okay. Wherever I go, I try to twerk there because I need to leave my energy there. Okay. And uh, I just want something to take with me. I hear that. Yeah. I hear that. Really quickly, because you mentioned something that's near and dear to my heart. You know, you said you get a lot of inspiration from the city of Memphis. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Memphians, we're like no other. You know, just the way we talk, mm-hmm. the way we communicate with each other, uh, the way we move. It's just, we have so many um, unique ways of doing things. And you don't really appreciate it until you leave here mm-hmm. and you see how other cultures move and operate. Right. Um, right. For the most part, we keep it real here um that is one of the things that people say all the time when they move here like people yeah are very authentic we keep it real and just recently through my dealings with you know companies in la mm-hmm. where the culture is very much smiling your face mm-hmm. and tell you how much they love you and i can't wait to work with you and then you don't hear from them for three months memphis is not like that memphis would pretty much tell you yeah, I'm not fucking with you, or like you're not in my clique, so I don't, right. I don't really know how to help you with this. Or who are you? Yeah, like who? Literally, who are you? Right. Um, and so I appreciate that. It frustrates me sometimes because I wish the way that we did things was a, a little bit more seamless, and um, it kind of feels like we're stuck in the past in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um. But I feel like slowly but surely things are progressing. Very slowly. Okay. Okay. Just want to point that out for (laughs) sure. Okay. But I I do see some um, progress from even, you know, five years ago. So For sure. But yeah, if you just walk outside and you can hear a a dude, the way way a man talk here is just hilarious (laughs) to me. (laughs) On God. Gotcha. Oh gotcha. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. How do you like being on the show so far? It's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're getting great value from Anira's content, but we got to pay a few bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson, and you're listening to The Startup Life.
Hey business owner, the startup life reach is growing. Wouldn't you like your business to grow with it? Reach out to us to advertise on the startup life. You can reach us at 901-857-4818 or you can email me at dominic at askalsolutions.com. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like this is a great music to have break on, but wouldn't this break sound a lot better with the same music, but your business being advertised on it? Need more content from the Startup Life, you say? You can now sign up for the Startup Life All Access Pass on the Binge Podcast Network's Patreon page. There is exclusive content written by yours truly, video content where I share even more of my business philosophies, and whatever crazy content I can think of out of that crazy head of mine. And at only $5 a month, yeah, $5 a month, this is more content for you, Startup Nation, to really get ahead of your competition. So instead of upsizing that meal at your favorite fast food joint, you can now invest in yourself on your path to entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to sign up. All right, Startup Nation, so let's continue. So, Manier, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Um, what do creatives get wrong often when they first start to, you know, create content? What's the, the main thing you see they get wrong? I think that they uh, focus on the quantity, okay. not the quality. Okay. And there are reasons for that. Okay. Um, a lot of them, they're trying to make it uh, the, the main source of their income. For sure. Which is the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, the quality of what they're doing suffers. There's so many programs out there uh, that require you to have oh so many videos a week or a month or and so you don't have time to sit down and write a well out well thought out script right and create work that you really feel passionate about. You're just trying to get something out there that'll get some quick laughs for sure. Get all the views, get your money, and and move on. And that helps build your audience, mm-hmm. but. That's not the way that I want to do things. Okay. I want to create content that I do feel passionate about. I want to train my audience to um, not expect (laughs) content every week or every day or maybe not every every two weeks. Mm -hmm. But you will expect for it to be quality. I've seen a lot of influencers just kind of have breakdowns because they can't handle like the intensity of, of it all. And I'm glad you mentioned that. And I was going to ask that later. But since we're already here, let's ask that. Because I think it's important for people who don't create content on a regular basis to mm-hmm. kind of understand that. So let them know like why it's important for... Uh, one, of, one of my favorite YouTubers is Corey Kenshin, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, watch video games, stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And he takes breaks all the time. And he always come back and apologize. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Why are you apologizing? You got to take a break. Mm-hmm. Explain to people why it's important for creatives to take those breaks. Because you give so much. You give mm. so much to That's complete so, strangers. That's true. And they they want so much from you. And a lot of it is not even in a malicious way. Most right. of it, an overwhelmingly amount of it is not in a malicious way. They just really enjoy you. And you bring so much joy to their lives and you're a distraction from whatever shit that they have going on. But it really sucks the energy out of you. And so if you don't Mm. take the time to pause, um, have some self-care, then you will turn into an insane person. And I could even one or two months into just me being viral and um, people wanting more content because... I don't know that there are a lot of black cartoons out there besides Steven Universe or like Doc McStuffins or something like gotcha. that. And so people, I think people were hungry for it in a way that they didn't even realize. 
um, because there there weren't black cartoons out there and there weren't cartoons out there delving into relationship stuff um, in that way. And so people were like, yes, yes, we want more. Give us more. Give us more. And I'm like, I have a whole nine to five job over here mm-hmm. where I'm traveling with this job. So I have a nine to five then I have a five to nine. Like, where is the time for me? For sure. Um, and I just, I could see the writing on the wall that I'm going to turn into a crazy person if I don't set the expectation that I'm going to step away from this. Gotcha. And, you know, you can you can wait for me or you can leave. Either way, that's what it's going to be. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. I appreciate that because, like I said, we have a lot of content creators uh, who, who who take breaks and people are like, they, they go ape shit. And mm-hmm. it's like, where have you been? And they're going crazy the whole time that you're seeing them on these videos mm-hmm. and they're smiling and they're, and they're giving you all these cutesy videos. And... They're having whole mental breakdowns. They're stressed beyond belief. Right. And you just, you don't know it until they disappear for two or three months. Right, right. So thank you for sharing that. I appreciate Mm -hmm. that. Well, quick follow-up, actually, because it it can be just a simple yes or no. When, when, you know, uh, dating in 2018 went viral, Mm -hmm. did you feel pressure to do a follow-up? Yes. Okay. (laughs) And I really hated that Mm -hmm. um, because, again, I wasn't expecting for it to be that successful. Um, I hated it and I loved it because uh, there was the pressure to mm-hmm. to um, create something as amazing or more amazing for sure. And but I also loved it because it let me know that people appreciated my talents. And you know when Netflix sends you messages like two days after you know mm-hmm. those, like who are you? We want to talk to you and FX and all these. And I've talked to Harpo. I've talked to so many different production studios, and that's that is a pretty good stroke to the ego. Like, right? <laughs> like when Netflix comes, yeah. Out, like, wow. You, you you like my my shit? Like right. that's that's, that's big. Ama- yeah, that's amazing. Right. Um. But yeah, it did. It created a pressure, and I still grapple with it. Like I, every other day, I'm like, I if I could just disappear and just do my thing, <laughs> right. And, you know, behind the scenes, I would love it, but Mm. that's not the way it panned out. Got you. Got you. Thank you for sharing all of that. I appreciate that. So you recently entered a film festival, Mm -hmm. you know, and with some friends nudging, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And take me back to November 5th. Okay. So you wake up and you see those notifications like, oh my God, you won. Right? Um, Well... Okay, so the film festival, the Indie Memphis Film Festival, they, they asked me to enter it. Okay. So I entered it, and I had never experienced the festival as a festival goer. I was okay. A, I was a volunteer, like, one year. Okay. Uh, but I never got a chance to be, you know, experience it. Mm-hmm. So I entered it. I got a chance to go to different film screenings, talk to some different people, mm-hmm. and just get a vibe for, like, the whole experience. And it was really cool. Um, and we get to my film screening and it was the complete opposite of everything that I had experienced okay. you know, in the days prior. Okay. It was just, the, the energy was dead. Mm. Um, it was maybe two hours of long, introspective, uh, just <laughs> weird student films. Gotcha. And then at the band at the end it was dating in 2018. How many communicate? It was it was weird. It was a weird show, a screening. And so I felt it was the complete opposite of the fanfare that I had 
from it being viral. Understood. Uh, it just wasn't. It wasn't the audience. So I felt weird about that. I felt I don't know, not very supported in a way. Mm-hmm. But it ended up winning <laughs> an audience award. Right. And I didn't know until people were like sending me uh, messages on Instagram, and because I I didn't go to the uh, the last night right. at the festival. Mm-hmm. But it just let me know that I have a whole inner dialogue going on that may not even be the truth. Mm. So just kind of sit back and just experience things as, as they go. Okay. And so I, I want to <clears throat> ask you about that a little bit because, you know, one thing that a lot of successful women talk about is the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so we're talking about like, Auntie Michelle Obama has talked about this, <laughs> yeah. like you know, and like so many. And so, tell us that process of trying to understand or tell yourself that, like you know, I can do this, or I'm really cool at this, or I'm really good at this. What's that process been like for you? I just think about the fact that there are far less qualified people doing what I do. Fair enough. They just have the confidence to Fair do enough. it. If I mm-hmm. can, uh, if I can just muster up the confidence to get out there and do it, like that is a hundred percent the battle for me because I, mm. I I know that what I'm doing is um, is quality. I know people enjoy it for whatever reason. A lot of women do have this inner dialogue where we feel like we're not good enough, like we have something to prove, like we just ended up here by mistake and. You know, a lot of that does come from being living in a you know patriarchal society and right. just different messages that we receive from little babies. Right. Uh, but yes, I grapple with imposter syndrome on the regular because the way that things happen for me, I was like, is this just a fluke? Like it just anybody can go viral. Gotcha. Like you can Fair post a, a a baby laughing at a dog that goes viral. <laughs> like it gotcha. doesn't mean anything. So. Right. Yeah, you just you just have to argue with yourself. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. I, I know that was a little deep, but I, I, want, I <laughs> yeah. wanted to I no, wanted to real. ask that because it's it's real. Yeah. And there's a lot of women in Startup Nation who ask about that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously I'm a man. I can't really speak to you. That. Not feel like you right. have. Um, oh, from time to time, mm-hmm. for sure. Let me let me be clear about yeah. that. I'm a I'm a black man in America. Of right. course I do. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, I think for some reason that 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 resonates with women a whole lot and I I wanted to get your take on Mm -hmm. that for sure thank you for sharing that I appreciate that Um, so you know in that in that same vein when we talk about the Femme Festival Mm -hmm. and and this actually just came across my notifications today and I wanted to ask you about that so the Sundance Film Festival is underway Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of female filmmakers you know who open up about the uphill climb in Hollywood now, you've recently, you know, you re- already, you re- uh, FX has reached out, mm-hmm. Netflix has reached yeah. out, uh, Harpo, uh, they've all reached out as well. You said you kind of freaked out a little bit yeah. about that, about that, right? Yeah. So talk about that, you know, why that freaks you out, and also talk about uh, that uphill climb that women are discussing at Sunday okay. a little bit. It freaked me out because I just wasn't prepared. Okay. Everything is really happening in real time. Mm, I had to learn how. For sure. Um, to be presentable to all of these studios and which is really difficult for me because you have to package yourself in a way that they understand and it may not be the way that you want to present yourself but there's just a standard Mm -hmm. uh, that you have to meet 
and um, a lot of things could be lost in translation and they could think that you're saying one thing, you think you're saying another and you go into an agreement with something that you don't even recognize, you know, at the end. Mm -hmm. So I was freaking out because people were pulling me from all different walks of life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, how, like, what, what am I doing? So it's just, um, I had to learn how to create a a show log line, a, a, a treatment, a Bible, had to write scripts. Mm -hmm. And also in the midst of living my own life, having my own job, like all of this other stuff. So, and the pressure of, uh, is this going to work? Like, will this be successful? Mm. Um, Absolutely. And how long is this whole process going to take? Because things drag out as I'm learning now. Um, Trying to get anything done in Hollywood is a feat. And being based in Memphis is going to make it just that much more difficult. Right. Um, But that is the draw. It's like it's it's Memphis and it's something that they hadn't necessarily seen before or really delved into in the way that they do with other cities like L.A. and New York. Like we know neighborhoods and lingo and all that stuff in these other cities. Yeah, we do. We yeah, do. We know about the five boroughs. Right. We know about South Central L.A. You're absolutely right. For sure. And people know Maine, you know, about <laughs> Memphis from uh, Hustle and Flow, even though they're spelling it wrong. Right. They are spelling it wrong. Yeah. So <laughs> this is just I'm I'm trying to put Memphis on in a real way. And it's just it's a process. And with it being animated, it's going to take forever anyway. So, um. It's just all of that, just the mm-hmm. pressure and the process. Gotcha. Yeah, it, it, it's funny you mentioned that because you know I, I saw you know in your article choose nine hundred one article or the case may be you know you, you talk about that a little bit as far as like you know people know the five boroughs mm-hmm. and stuff like that, right? So let me ask you this: if you if I give you a magic wand because you talked about like putting Memphis on the map, putting Memphis artists on the map, mm-hmm. this that and the other, and creating this pipeline, I'm giving you a magic wand. You wave that magic wand, and it and it's going to be this pipeline. However you see fit, what does that look like? It would be it would be an animated show. It would be Jumpland, okay, the animated show, mm-hmm. and it would be a way for me to amplify just a lot of different voices here. Whether it is artists, politicians, whoever, it would be a, a way for us to delve into. The racist history okay. of Memphis and the country. It would be a way to explore endless topics. Like I said, whether it's politics, mental health, school system, the, the government, the, whatever. It would be, I feel, such a transformative thing for Memphis. Mm-hmm. And for the country, Kind of in the way that the Boondocks was, a absolutely. Little bit. Even though the Boondocks, some of the things that they talked about, a little problematic, a little okay. bit. But you know, things change for sure with time. So that would be one thing. Uh, I think. Have you heard of the Complex? Yes. A, mm-hmm. I think the Complex is doing and unapologetic. They're doing some really good work here as far as creating more of an industry, an arts industry, because I feel like there aren't real industries here okay. in place right now. Okay. We do have our communities, our arts communities and right. and all of that stuff, but 
Memphis is a place where people typically leave to go to other cities where there are thriving industries. So mm-hmm. if from Juntland, you know, bigger things could happen, that would be awesome. Because sure. I don't know that there are are nationwide or global eyes on Memphis besides just like Graceland or the National Civil Rights Museum. Or For sure. FedEx or whatever. For sure. So. For sure. Now, you, you mentioned, you know, like, like I said, New York and L.A. And I, I've seen that you also talked about how, you know, yeah, you could move there if you wanted to, but you like here. You like yeah. home, wherever the case may be. Do you think... That, you know, you talk about the slow process and moving with Hollywood and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Do you think if you lived in New York or L.A. that the process would move a little faster? I think if I lived in L.A., it would, it would go a little quicker. Okay. Um, I just don't. And I've grappled, again, with just moving there and I just imagine saying. So. I imagine <laughs> just, so. Just, you know, being there a couple of years and just saying what happens. Mm-hmm. But as it stands right now, there's not really a need right now. Gotcha. If, if the knee comes up, then we'll address it. For sure. We'll get For there. sure. Uh, just a reminder, this is the Startup Life Podcast. We're here with Manira Jones. Nice. Um, and uh, the podcast is brought to you by the Binge Podcast Network. So really quickly, you talk about, you know, in a social media post a while back where you was invited to speak at, I believe it's called DreamFest. Mm-hmm. And you shared, you know, some good things and some not so good things, right? Yeah. And so when we talk about creators, we think about people who are like these free open thinkers who like want to like create their art, this, that, and the other. But you actually talked about that like there still has to be a certain level of not necessarily like suit and tie corporate, mm-hmm. but right. a certain level of professionalism. Yeah. Right. So when you talk about that pipeline that you want to create, you know, explain to people why that professionalism part is so important. To me it's the difference between just some shit you could do at the house. Fair enough. And some shit that you can really put out there <laughs> and pres- and have people buy it. Mm-hmm. Memphis just has a really loose way of doing things. And I'm not saying that that is necessarily a, the bad, a bad way of doing things, but we tend to it professionalism tend tends to suffer because Professionalism can't be at the expense of just making people feel comfortable. Okay. Sometimes you're going to have to feel uncomfortable. You're going to have to ask. You're going to have to write up contracts. I don't know how many people actually write up contracts and Mm -hmm. sign them. It just seems like it's kind of an afterthought. Gotcha. Um, And I think that comes from being educated. A lot of people are not educated on things. They just have a passion. They have something that they want to do real quick. And they just go out and they do it. But there isn't a lot of groundwork, a lot of planning put in before. A lot of times, a lot of artists have really good products, Mm -hmm. really good products, like top of the line, excellent. We couldn't have the better singers and dancers and cooks and all these people. Mm -hmm. But they don't have the education to be really good business people and that's where you lose people because customer service is a thing right that people actually value it everybody don't value it but a lot of people do Mm -hmm. and so what i keep running into is just like this really familiar attitude that people have just because we're all black like i Mm -hmm. we're black but i don't know you right like treat me like i'm a customer like you said who are you yeah like (laughs) i i I value customer service you know i value these things 
And it's about having these conversations with everybody, especially within the arts community. And you value your time. I value my time. And you should value yours as well. Um, And so I do run into a thing where I want to support black businesses specifically. Mm -hmm. But it seems like they don't really value my time. Okay. And if you don't value my time, you don't value my money. Um, I can't Google you. And see your hours of operation in one thing, and I'd show up, and it's closed. Gotcha. Those types of things. Right. Um. So yeah, I don't, I don't know how to make that, how to make things better. Um. I guess all you can really do is lead by example, and then maybe enough people will follow. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. I also want to point out that, like you know. Uh, that is also important to, you know, when we do have those bad experiences, right? Mm-hmm. Not to take those bad experiences to the next black business, right? right? So we, we have to give everybody a fair yeah. shake because a lot of times people hear, not saying that you're saying this, mm-hmm. but a lot of people hear something like that and they'll say, okay, well, I'm just done with all black businesses. Like, no, nobody's saying that. Yeah, I it's do my that. own tours For of, sure. of black businesses. Like, I actually go and I... And it's mostly food because I'm greedy. Fair enough. Um, and I go, I go to the black restaurants, and I'm, I try not to go into it with any kind of perception of how I think it'll be, because right. I don't want it to color my vision For sure. of the experience. For sure. But if if I have enough of those experiences, mm, then yeah. It's just like, come on, y'all, please. Right. I just want to support you. Right. Let me support you. Let me give you my money. Right. I want to give you my money, please. For sure. For sure. So, Manir, I believe all entrepreneurs have a superpower. What's yours and why? We talked about origin stories earlier. So, what's your superpower? I guess it's fearlessness. I hear that. That's what I keep hearing, that I don't have a fear of saying anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would like to bring people uh, along on the journey of, of letting go of the fear and just saying stuff out loud. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. So before I ask the last question, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank we you for have, having me. I very much appreciate it. And I'm glad I got you on the show before you get all big time. Oh and, my I come God. Ar- and I come no. around and you're like, who are you? No, so, not going to happen. Okay, fair enough. But we do appreciate you coming on the show. So the last thing I want to ask you is to talk to Startup Nation. There's somebody out there who 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 that fear is it's they're engulfed in it, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. they don't want to move forward. They don't want to start their business. They don't want to or they're in their business and they feel stuck. Talk to Startup Nation, tell them to keep moving forward. Uh you literally just have to do it. I think the one mistake people make on not sharing their vision or their passion or you know, going for whatever goal that they have is you're sitting on your own voice. You're sitting on your own perspective. Nobody has the same exact perspective or talent as you. They may have similar ones, but nobody has yours. And so when you sit on it, um, you're sitting on endless possibilities that you might have. And I sit on mine for the longest. People told me for years what I should be doing and I just ignored everybody. And I finally got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. And look what happened. So you just never know what can happen. Just do it. Like the alternative is you growing old and bitter. Who wants to do that? Nobody wants to be old and bitter. Be young and bitter, at least. 
Okay. Awesome Be young stuff. and great, people. I hear that. I hear that. So that's going to wrap up this session of the Startup Life. Did you enjoy being on the show? I loved it. Thank you for inviting me. No worries. No worries. All right, Startup Nation. So here's my final take. This is why I wanted Manira Jones on the show. Her authentic nature and her openness and transparency is honestly the reason why she's successful. I believe there are many people out there who let what other people think, what other people say, really block them from what they truly want to be or do in this world. And Manira says, fuck all that, I'm just gonna be me. And I believe that is what has led to Netflix and FX and Harpo calling her and ultimately, which is why I really think she's going to be big time in Hollywood one day. If you want to let us know what you think about the show, have an idea for a show topic, or like to advertise on our show, please send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is here in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as can be now be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or whatever your favorite platform to get your podcast on. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. Also, don't forget to sign up for the Startup Life All Access Pass to get exclusive content. This is exclusively on the Binge Podcast Network's Patreon page. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life. Startup Nation, you're still here, huh? Well, look, normally this is the point where I show you, a, you know, I provide you with a clip with the next episode. But if you look at the episode cover art for this one, you should see that there's a big 9-9, which means this is episode 99, which means the next one is the milestone, my friends, episode 100. So with that being said, let me just say, Startup Nation, I am so grateful for you. You have no idea how much you have meant to me on this journey, on this path. And now here we are standing at 100. So our very next episode, there will be no guests. It'll just be me and you, Startup Nation, just kind of chopping it up. And the episode's title is going to be, It's Time to Stop Being Selfish. Because I believe there's a lot of you out there, Startup Nation, that you're letting fear and other things stop you from your greatness. Just like we talked about in this episode. And so we're going to try to give you a boost, if you will, on our next episode. So go ahead and subscribe to the Startup Life now so that way when we drop episode 100 Startup Nation, it will be right there waiting for you. But until then, you know you got a company to grow, right? Get out of here.